0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of 2021 of the Security Token Show. I'm your host, Kyle Sondland, and with me is my co-host, Herwig Konings, and we're coming to you from our studio in sunny Miami, Florida. For those of you who are new listeners, you should know that this is not an interview podcast. Instead, each week we start the show by covering last week's industry news, followed by the newest security token offerings, and then following with a breakdown of the secondary market trading report. That's right,
1: and then we finish off the show with our weekly main topic discussion, which this week is our predictions for the industry in 2021. Now, before we jump into the show, we usually kick things off by highlighting two companies of the week, one that Kyle and I each choose for our own to give them props, you know, recognition for some of the industry progress that they are making. And since this is the beginning of the year, we now have to pick one, that's right, just one company of the year
0: for 2020. From a two-week choice to one for each year we have to decide which company made the most impact for the security token space across the entire 12 months of 2020 and it was a tough choice because there are so many great companies in this industry to choose from for the company of the year award now before we do the big reveal you know why don't we talk some about the runners-up kyle So those of you who are real contenders, and there were obviously Securitize, who made some huge moves this year from buying an ATS to then you have ARCA funds who launched the first SEC registered token fund to Tokensoft who partnered with Fidelity and Signature Bank. So there were a lot of great choices to pick from.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, though, those major milestones, I think they weren't receiving the level of momentum or the interest, you know, I think that we're hoping for here on the show. You know, they're great, but they don't make the industry go from zero to one this year, you know, so the real runner up to me actually was Realty, which pioneered work with the Uniswap Dex, right, and has managed to tokenize millions of dollars worth of real estate properties that thousands of investors around the world are now investing in, collecting daily dividends in via DAI, and I think that's absolutely fascinating and trailblazing stuff and you know at one point they held the title for most liquid
0: security tokens in the industry, which I think is fairly impressive. Indeed, the realty team deserves high praise for their innovation and success in creating adoption for real estate tokens. Merge and the CEO token also deserve to be the runner-up in the runner-up category, in my opinion, for conducting the first ever foreign listing of a tokenized private company on a national exchange. But neither Realty nor CEO and Merge were as loud as our winner for this year. No, I mean, they they definitely were not as
1: loud. You know, our company of the year almost ran a press release weekly. So Kyle, want to spill the
0: beans who it is? With pleasure. And so for the company of the year, this is the title for 2020 for the security token show. The winner goes to. Ooh, here we go T0. T0 yes i'm sure everyone is shocked to their core right now in case you're not picking up on kyle and i's
1: sarcasm here uh listeners t0 seemed the ultimate and obvious choice given that they have done so much for the industry in so many ways right they show that you can launch a full-fledged ats in this space successfully they have been loud in the news about what they are doing and transparent about their progress. They brilliantly forced Wall Street adoption, I think, by working with their parent company, Overstock.com, to issue a digital dividend in the form of a security token, of course, only exclusively redeemable via t0.com. and then they listed in an additional asset to show that they plan to grow. So certainly in this industry, where there are so many announcements about things that are going to happen, it is nice to see three tokens trading with decent volume to have added. So to top it all off, we know they spend a fortune legal to ensure the SEC understands what they are doing and supports security tokens. So I know Sam Norsolehu, who's the CEO of T-Zero and his entire team, they've done a lot of behind the scenes work for the industry that will likely go unnoticed as well.
0: I think it's truly a deserving recipient for this prestigious award. The company of the year award has to go to a truly standout company and T-Zero has absolutely earned that this year. The firm received multiple licenses now owning its own broker dealer license and the ATS to allow for that fully managed trading platform. And they've integrated five to 10 additional broker dealer sponsors into its marketplace to allow for even more retail access to security tokens. And that doesn't even mention the listing of the additional assets as you mentioned, as the firm is now trading the overstock digital dividend, which represents that first public market security token, and it was successful in bringing that commercial real estate property from the St. Regis Hotel to market in 2020. So on top of all those accomplishments, it would be remiss to leave out the fact that T0 currently represents 75% of the trading market cap and nearly 96% of the monthly trading volume, which clearly shows that the efforts that the firm has been making to develop the security token industry have clearly been working from both inside and out. So, for all the work that the firm has done to grow the exposure of the security token industry while making a huge infrastructure development of its own consistently throughout the entire year of 2020, T Zero is our first company of the year winner for 2020. Congratulations. Congratulations, T Zero. Let's see
1: who will win 2021. Now let's move into the news, and before I get into the news, of course, I want you to know, especially new listeners, that all the articles we cover on this show, they're sourced from stomarket.com slash news, and they're also available for your reference in the about description of the podcast itself or on the Security Token Show Medium blog, wherever you you want to read these and read more into the news for yourself. Now kicking things off in the new year here is a huge announcement from the Office of Comptroller of Currency in the United States here. Last week, they published a letter clarifying national banks and federal savings associations authority to participate in independent node verification networks, INVNs as they call them, and to use stable coins to conduct payment activities and other bank permissible functions. So what does that mean exactly? It means that banks can use payment networks and systems powered by both private and public blockchains, and that they will recognize the same legal recognition as a network such as say the SWIFT or the ACH, which powers a majority of bank transfers today. So obviously this is a huge announcement for the stablecoin sector and the banking sector, which now also has zero certainty about custody rules for stable coins, whereas there's still plenty regarding digital assets like Bitcoin. Acting Comptroller of the Currency, Brian P. Brooks, said, quote, The President's Working Group on Financial Markets recently articulated a strong framework for ushering in an era of stablecoin-based financial infrastructure, identifying important risks while allowing these risks to be managed in a technology-agnostic way. Our letter removes any legal uncertainty about the authority of banks to connect to blockchains as validator nodes and thereby transact stablecoin payments on behalf of customers, who are increasingly demanding the speed, efficiency, interoperability, and low costs associated with these products. So, I I mean, that's simply spectacular to see the key regulator here be so pro-blockchain. You know, and a lot of that is thanks to Brian Brooks directly here. And this is also great news for crypto firms, you know, BitPay, Anchorage, and Paxos, which actually all applied for federal bank charters last year. So let's see if they get the continued government support that they're looking for. And over in Serbia, cryptocurrencies and security tokens have been legalized. So the SEC of Serbia has made the move in an effort to open up capital markets in the country, for which it believes real estate will become a hot sector. So additionally, trading of currencies like Bitcoin are now legal as well. Previously, the country's central bank actually prohibited Bitcoin as legal tender. So it looks like the country's legislators are forcing the country into digitization. And of course, that's amazing. So let's see what comes next out of Serbia for security tokens. And that marks yet another country with legalized security tokens. And over in Israel, the SEC equivalent, that's the Israel Securities Authority or the ISA, made a ruling on cryptocurrency tokens that could be seen as you know significant on the global stage and most certainly impactful for the cryptocurrency industry in Israel. You see, the ISA determined that cryptocurrencies are securities and not assets based on the logic that most token holders are expecting an increase in value and therefore are investing. This was forced by the hand of the ISA when Israel startup Kirobo tried to claim that they had a utility token instead of a security token. So regulators noted that they held token reserves, which also indicated they expected a rise in value. Specifically, they said, quote, there is a probability that there will be investors who will purchase a token for financial purposes and out of the expectation that the value will rise, which characterizes investments in securities, end quote. So in Israel, that is one simple prong that marks a security token. So be aware, crypto industry folks in the region. And of course, that's a good segue into an update from last week's bombshell lawsuit by the SEC in the United States here against Ripple, alleging that XRP tokens are securities and the firm has violated numerous securities laws. This of course caused the cryptocurrency, which was the third largest at the time of the filing, to fall over 30% in value, which has now gone back up a little bit, but of course, an expected reaction. And I reported last week that Coinbase delisted XRP shortly thereafter, as well as many other crypto exchanges. And by the way, now Coinbase is being sued for having sold securities as well. So another interesting repercussion from all this. And well, now furthermore, according to Coindesk, several investors in XRP have filed with a Rhode Island court looking to issue a mandamus, which is a judge's order to a person to perform a public or statutory duty so in this case they are requesting that the lawsuit from the sec amend its complaint against ripple to exclude the claim that the xrp owner by petitioners constitute securities allowing xrp holders to continue their trading activities so the complaint with the court says quote Instead of protecting investors and sharing information to help investors make informed decisions as required by the mission statement, the respondents knowingly and intentionally caused multi-billion dollar losses to innocent investors who have purchased, exchanged, received, and or acquired the digital asset XRP, including the named petitioners and all others similarly situated. So basically, you know, they acknowledge the XRP is even held by investors and that they shouldn't have been held accountable for Ripple's misdoings and now are suffering from these losses as a result of the SEC's announcement. So this case, you know, will of course have a massive impact on the the crypto industry, especially in the United States and possibly also the security token industry. So of course, we're going to continue to watch this closely and update you here on the show as things progress. And moving into company announcements, we saw the Financial Market Authority of Liechtenstein award a license to LCX in order to give them regulatory go-ahead to trade security tokens and cryptocurrencies. Specifically, they have received licenses under the Progressive Token and Trusted Technology Service Provider Act which went into effect last year. So now LCX has eight specific license categories that allows them to be an exchange service provider, a token depository, a key depository, a price service provider, an identity service provider, a token issuer, be a token issuer of its own, the exchange and also become a token issuer on behalf of its clients pretty much giving them everything in the book uh, that is available to offer for this new industry so that's a grand way to start off the year congrats to lcx i mean we might just have to consider them you know for next week's company of the week And another marketplace, this one in London, which received its multilateral trading facility license or MTF license to operate and trade security tokens in the UK last year, has announced that they appointed Richard Shade as their head of operations in advance of their upcoming platform launch. I'm talking about Archex, of course. And according to the press release, Shade was most recently head of custody at crypto exchange Paquant. And before that was head of operations at CME Europe. That's the CME's group, UK's Regulated Investment Exchange. So he also said to bring institutional operational experience from roles at NYSE Life and Bank of Tokyo Mitsubishi. So sounds like a great addition and a capital market veteran to add to the team here. So no mention of the launch, however. We're eagerly awaiting that one too. Finally, SoftBank, Fortune 94 company headquartered out of Japan, has made the foray into security tokens by joining the Japan Security Token Association as a supporting member. Whoa. So this is great news for the industry as one of the largest telecom companies in the world becomes a supporting member of the research organization dedicated security tokens in Japan. And it's worth mentioning Security Token Market is a partner of the JSTA as well. So we fully support the addition of this new member and are here to help SoftBank in any way that we can.
0: Maybe they saw the press release and joined because they saw we were in there of course. That's
1: almost exactly why they did it. Finally, for our resources section, we saw US-based issuance platform Securrency launch an article talking about the potential of security tokens in Kenya, Africa. So in an article in The Star, which is a media publication from Kenya, you know they interviewed Securrency's strategy director, Manuel Rensink, to talk about their expansion into Kenya and Africa overall, mostly citing the ripe opportunity for digitization and the young population that resides in the region. So Securrency, Is also already in the UAE, by the way, so expanding to Africa might not be as complicated for them as it sounds. Check this article out if you want to dig into a little deeper about why Kenya for digital assets and why security chose to expand there next. And according to an article on Cointelegraph by Johannes Kaska, the US has already lost the 2020 crypto regulation race to Europe. The article cites Germany and Switzerland's regulatory changes and also identifies the earlier mentioned progress. Uh, you know of the token container model introduced by Liechtenstein. So for a good overview of the crypto regulations and changes in the world, at least between Europe and the United States, give this article a read. And finally, we did a great job summarizing the year of 2020 for security tokens in last week's episode. But I think Crowd Insider's list of the biggest fintech stories in 2020 is also worth checking out to get a primer of all things fintech and catch up to present day, which you know we're also going to cover you know cover from security tokens in the main topic later on the show. And that's all the industry news I have for you, wonderful listeners. Kyle, what's upcoming uh, in the security token offerings world? What do you have to share with us?
0: Yeah, let's talk about some some actual security tokens. So with the first update of the year here is from Block, who is a real estate issuer that has c- confirmed over $150 million in tokenized real estate that the firm has issued and will be listing on upcoming security token exchange and sponsor of the show INX. According to the press release, each listed token will be backed by either a single property or potentially a collection of properties from Solid Block's exclusive portfolio of real estate assets in three different jurisdictions. You've got London, England, which they have some residential London area real estate, in the form of actually a rolling fund for this one with around 26 million in market value. You then have Phuket in Thailand, which is a luxury resort destination. And so that's actually one individual property, a market value there of around 12 million. And then finally, you've got New Haven, Connecticut, where they're remodeling and converting a historic property in the quaint U.S. town with a market value there of around 5 million. So we're talking. About what, almost $40 million of real estate here, as well as much more that they have coming through the pipeline. And so this is also very notable because Solid Block was actually the issuance platform behind the St. Aspen. Regis Resort that's now listed on T0, they were working alongside Aspen Digital and Elevated Return. So this firm does have prior experience tokenizing and listing assets on secondary markets with security tokens. And this is an interesting bridge between INX and T0. It'll be interesting to see what happens and how they can collaborate um, and why they're picking one versus another. And another day, another sold out realty property, another single family residential property in Detroit, Michigan has been sold out this time at 18481 West Falia Street. The 757 square foot three bedroom home has an asset value right around 58,000 and pays over 11% dividends each year. You can expect to see this one on the secondary market soon, and we'll certainly keep you posted on new Realty properties as soon as we can. Maybe one of these days, you'll actually will be able to announce a property you can actually invest in before it's sold out. But regardless, a very strong sign for their tokenized properties, and it's great to see continued momentum from Realty moving into the new year. And moving into the market update, we've got a great update from Singaporean exchange iStocks, who announced a newly trading asset on its platform. This is the ICHAM Unicorn Opportunity Fund, which is a diversified portfolio of late stage private unicorns based in the US, Europe, and Asia. The fund is managed by ICHAM, which is a Singapore-based multifamily office focusing on wealth management and fund management with more than 60 years of combined private banking, asset management, and trading experience. So the fund raised over $20 million, and they are actually aiming for around a 20% yearly return for investors. And as of December 21st, 2020, they are now live trading on the iStocks secondary market. Unfortunately, the exchange does not allow public access to the trading data, so I can't give you any of that info yet, hopefully soon, but it's great to see another tokenized fund listed on the secondary market, and I think that iStocks now has six or seven assets trading, so congratulations to them for all of their success. And the final security token market monthly report for 2020 released yesterday, we closed out the year strong with the year to date market cap up over 500%, but this month's numbers compared to last really weren't that strong. To be honest, the, the security token market cap was down about 15% in December to about 375 million where we're close with the chapter of 2020. However, trading volume stayed flat this month, right around $2.6 million, which at least is a strong sign of a healthy market that despite the the prices changing, at least there's still a lot of activity. A big insight that I found from the market this month that I wanted to note was they actually had a change in the secondary market leaderboards by market cap. And so since the launch of the security token trading market, T0 and Open Finance have consistently stood out as the two largest marketplaces by market cap. However, with the delisting of 22x from Open Finance and the declining market value for their other tokens that are relatively illiquid, Open Finance has been topped by Merge. Merge now has four listed tokens, its own equity, the Curzio Research Equity, a tokenized real estate property by Uprets, and then Minervest, which is an African investment fund. So with additional assets in the pipeline, this trend might be here to stay. Other than that, shout out to Spice VC, Blockchain Capital, and Mount Pellerin for being the highest performing assets this month. And on the flip side, T T0, Lottery.com, and Startup Bootcamp were the ones that were not performing very well. They were the bottom three this month. So let's see how they can rebound in January. And that's about it for me. So if you want to read more about any of those assets, about the market report, how December performed, you can certainly check that one out on our Medium blog or in the description below. And we're going to be putting together a full 2020 year in review that'll be Coming out very, very soon. And then digging into this week, now that we're into January, the markets are open, they're trading, and certainly Uniswap and others are are going 24 7. So the market cap did dip about 4% this week to 371 million, led by about a 10% drop by Overstock over that timeframe. Mount Pelerin's tokenized equity did see a large rise in the new year as well, up over 20% following a a consistent gain from from December, while most of the realty properties as well did perform strongly. The other shout out I wanted to make is to Curzio Research's CEO token, which is up 40% from listing back in the beginning of December. It's now trading at over $7 a share from its listing around 5 bucks. So well done to that team. That's all fantastic news. And that's about all we got from the market.
1: You know, not the best way to start off the year, but I'm confident about the insane growth we can expect to see this coming year. I mean, I think it's a good transition, in fact, into our main topic where we're going to review our predictions from 2020, our accuracy, and then our new predictions, of course, for this year.
0: Yeah. So let's see how good our foresight capability for this industry really is. Let's start with you, Herwig. I'm going to review your predictions and then we're going to judge them. So, And you can maybe do the same for me afterwards. So for anyone who's curious, you can listen to our predictions episode where we we laid all these things out. The main topic clip is specifically on YouTube. That's episode 25 if you wanted to dig into it.
1: I think that sounds great. I'm not afraid of being wrong at all anyway. So typically I am, but I'm also curious to see what I overanticipated and
0: also what I underestimated. So let's have at it. Yeah, we had some insane development here. So the predictions are crazy. So here are your predictions. So you let it off with a prediction that the USA would pass legal guidance regarding digital assets through passing a bill through a regulatory response sometime in the calendar year. Which would lead to a revival for crypto and blockchain. So while the SEC was active and did made some made some interesting clarifications, no bill was passed, and I don't know if this one was totally spot on. Maybe we're just a little premature.
1: I think that one definitely a little early. We saw a lot of changes uh, within the SEC framework all around the world, but nothing that I think we would have wanted to see the extent that I was talking about, at least in terms of defining security tokens, something we've been preaching on the show. So hopefully, indeed, a little bit
0: early. What was next? Up next was your prediction that over 100 private markets would be in development to help create liquidity, whether through broker-dealer networks, exchanges, or issuer-managed liquidity options. This was also a bit of a two-parter, as you also felt strongly that issuers would place a high value on the price controls for their assets over the increased liquidity from working with a centralized exchange so that's a really interesting prediction while we have made a pretty large list of rumored security token exchanges in development i don't know if we've quite hit 100 yet and many are crypto-focused exchanges, and listeners on the show might know that the enhanced regulatory requirements surrounding trading securities is a massive barrier that may exclude many of those less-focused players from actually pursuing that development. But I think you were pretty close on that first part. But the ideas around issuer-managed liquidity haven't yet been realized. It does seem like most issuers are choosing to work with brokers and exchange partners. And aside from Tokensoft with its own equity and Arca funds Token, we haven't really yet seen issuer-managed liquidity enter the mainstream. For now, it seems like issuers are siding with exchanges.
1: Other than the one side about, uh, of course, Uniswap and Dexes being on the rise, it does seem that way, Kyle. I still think there is an underrated liquidity mechanism and One that can provide more active, you know, issuers with a tremendous amount of control over the price and availability of their asset, while also keeping, you know, the cost of efficiency in exchange much lower than traditional methods. So, you know, that's why I want to note that Uniswap Decentralized Exchange, even though it's not fully issuer managed, although it kind of is, does provide a middle ground of sorts here that does begin to blur the lines between these liquidity options. And it certainly has proved to be a very viable option for many issuers including Realty, Mount
0: Pelerin, and who knows how many others. Yeah. From from there, you tackled a few institutional predictions. First, that we'd see a tokenized employee stock option plan in the 50 to 100 million size in the private markets and that bonds would be the most tokenized asset due to enterprise usage from banks. You followed that up with the idea that real estate would become the second most tokenized by volume, but the most actively traded asset on accessible marketplaces. And while we did see the TokenSoft deal with Fidelity focused on that tokenized reward system, we're still trying to figure out exactly what the size of that offering was beyond the pilot. and can't really confirm exactly the size there. So while that projection was was fascinating and, and was kind of interesting on the mark, I think you crushed the second part, as we've noted with many huge securitized debt offerings throughout institutional banks and financial service providers. And I also think that potentially billions of dollars of debt has already been tokenized. Then in addition to that, real estate has almost certainly become the most actively traded asset. Many of the real estate properties have the highest adjusted liquidity rate of any asset class in the market. We're certainly seeing them sell out like hotcakes across many different issuance platforms around the world.
1: Yeah, definitely a real estate thriving totally. You know, we made that makes a lot of sense. It was the most successful industry back in the days of the equity crowdfunding. And, you know, the pattern continues within the security token
0: industry. I'm actually only expecting that to continue to grow in 2021. I totally agree with that. We're going to get into my predictions, too, on that front. But on to your second half year your predictions, this is where you really went on a hot streak. Starting with your estimation, we'd see at least $10 billion in primary tokenized and about a $1 billion in market cap on the secondary market. You followed that up with an estimate of around 50 million in trading volume on the year, which you kind of calculated through 5% of the market cap. And while we can't say for sure that 10 billion happened this year, it's definitely a real possibility across the globe, especially when you're factoring in all these private debt instruments like the ones that we just referenced. On top of that, your secondary trading market cap was, was about double what we ended up seeing to close the year, but the $50 million figure on the year is actually spot on for volume because the secondary trading volume for 2020 was about $54 million. So nice All work All right. Out. Well, my ratio might
1: have been slightly off, but I'll take the correct figure on the trading volume. Uh, and, you know, who knows a change of asset value might have made us hit that billion dollar yeah. market cap. But I think we both wanted more uh, listed tokens to really account for that. You know, and I know that many of these assets wouldn't be trading daily, you know, which you know, is also the case for many of them this year.
0: Yeah. And so then after that, you correctly identified that one major protocol would not emerge as the de facto standard for security token offerings. And so while Ethereum was certainly the most common platform to use, it does have significant drawbacks in terms of the scalability and the costs that leave the door wide open for other players. So we've also seen issuances on Stellar and Bitcoin, Tezos, Algorand, Ravencoin, and others offer unique benefits and still provide significant competition for Ethereum as we move into 2021. So well done on that one. You continued that with the idea that no major investment banks would lead a large tokenization deal this year, but mentioned that many would likely be monitoring the space, waiting in the wings until a clear opportunity presents itself, which has also been very, very accurate. And then despite that, of the seven to top 10 largest banks and then 39 of the top 100 have been exploring blockchain projects, none have yet to launch their own major tokenization deal. In fact, the largest piece of news I can think of at the top of my head was actually JP Morgan selling its blockchain solution to ConsenSys.
1: Yeah, uh, this result doesn't really surprise me. While we'd love to see some of the largest institutions, you know, dive in head first. they are very consistent in allowing innovation to grow and develop in smaller ecosystems and in test trial environments before acquiring a top solution or building their own
0: once the market has been fully proven. You also correctly guessed the first tokenization of a publicly traded stock would come to market, which we saw in May from Overstock. The rumored offering had many delays, but it was successfully brought to market by our company of the year for 2020 T0. We also saw ARCA and INX launch, as you predicted, but with less success than maybe what we saw from Overstock's tokenized dividend.
1: Yeah, I think each of these offerings made its own unique impact on the industry, and they all drove us forward through additional regulatory clarity, through setting precedents for the future, and by proving theory correct through real-world execution. It leaves me very, very excited
0: for the future. And now, on to your final few predictions of the year. The first was that we'd have a major hotel chain explore tokenization. The second, that we'd see the first securitization of loans fully originated on chain. And third, that security token infrastructure companies would raise over 200 million in 2020. And I think that each of these you were spot on with the idea, but maybe just slightly premature in a couple cases. So, we did in fact see a tokenized hotel with the St. Regis Aspen Resort, but it doesn't quite fit the description of a major hotel chain as it's really only one property. Your second prediction, a mass securitization of loans from the Providence blockchain from Figure was spot on. And in fact, this securitization was the largest since 2008, so you were right on the money there and then finally regarding the 200 million in security token infrastructure investment i certainly know that your team at security token advisors is actually calculating that report currently but as far as i know i think you're just a little bit off as we're closer to probably 100 million that we can find in the last 12 months but that does that doesn't necessarily include DeFi and the other blockchain companies that certainly play a huge role in the development of security token industry so and i think we might be much closer to that 200 million figure than than we even really know yet so that number doesn't even include the tally of some of the other tokens that are raising money. So I think that one's incredibly close, and I'd give you a point if we were keeping score.
1: Right. IMX is raising over $100 million. We know there was a lot of confidential investments that went down. So unfortunately, the true number is definitely not possible, but definitely does seem like I was off by a factor of two there. Um, overall, you know, you never know what, what with these other kind of outside uh, projects. but I think I did pretty well, I think so. Definitely the market predictions for for a year out are tough to do. However, from an industry growth perspective, you know I'm happy with some pretty accurate predictions. I'm definitely more confident about this year now. Are you ready for uh, your review, Kyle? Come at me. Let's do it. All right. Well, you had eight different predictions last year, Kyle. The first, like mine being around regulation being drafted in the US, you said it would be due to Libra and the regulators would define a wider basket of assets of as securities, regardless of the case for them being potentially commodities or currencies. And in that regard, I think you are right that regulation is being drafted. We saw numerous bills get introduced trying to regulate stable coins, security tokens, and cryptocurrencies, of course, and Libra definitely brought the attention to the main stage despite completely flopping to this day. However, we haven't seen any changes to the regulation itself regarding expanding the definition of securities or specifically defining crypto assets as a commodity or a currency or otherwise. So I think, again, on the regulation front, we were both yearning for a little bit more from the regulators, including, again, fully defining security tokens.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair summary. We certainly didn't expect a lot of the other changes that the SEC has already made to improve capital markets either. So those are good things, at least. So a good and a bad.
1: Indeed, your next
0: prediction, though, was that there would
1: be a blockchain usage by institutions for debt and fixed income products, but that they wouldn't be available on public markets and to retail investors. And of course, as we've reported on the show multiple times this year, that's spot on. No institutional debt products are available yet uh, via any of these major marketplaces or exchanges that we talk about, though we almost always saw something go down you know, with, with Fusang and the China Construction Bank, and we've seen many other big institutions leverage blockchain-type tokenized bonds or debt
0: products in order to test the technology and the application. Yeah, it does seem that these large institutions tend to kind of keep things private as long as they can. Um, So that one doesn't surprise me a whole lot. It would have been very surprising and game-changing for sure if it went public, but uh, I'm not super surprised about that one.
1: And in the next prediction, Kyle, you were flat out wrong. So predicted, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's dream fan shares. This is the (laughs) platform, by the way, if you're not familiar with it, the platform that NBA player Spencer Dinwiddie used to tokenize his own NBA contract. And, you know, your prediction said that he would issue five new tokens, including two with either the MLB or an artist from the entertainment industry. And unfortunately, we saw Spencer's own token this year you know not become fully subscribed by the market. And it seems that they have since pivoted to Galaxy. Which is, uh, you know, not quite the Dream Fan Shares platform, but still in in the crypto world. So still, we know, you know, as a result of that, that Spencer is focused on blockchain and digital assets, and is definitely merging the sports and entertainment world. So I doubt, you know, we've seen the last of him. But unfortunately, Dream Fan Shares did not have the level of success you were rooting for,
0: Kyle. Hey, you know, sometimes it's fun to go for the home run. I think I peppered a couple of those in there later for my predictions, and uh, you know, we couldn't have predicted Corona pretty much crushing the NBA season and certainly causing a real impact on Dinwiddie's plan here. I'm certainly sure that there were a lot of issues that came about with that. And I still remain optimistic about the platform and what he's doing. Building new asset classes like this is certainly not easy. And I commend him for what he's done and accomplished in this space against all odds. Same here. Fully agree.
1: And good news, you were accurate about nice. your next prediction, So, which was that rental properties would become the next hot token sector. You anticipated it would become a $100 million industry. And we do know Realty has tokenized millions of dollars worth of property. So globally, this could quite possibly absolutely be the case already.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I might be a little bit uh, overexcited. Maybe for, for 2021, that one's maybe a little bit closer to being correct. But there are certainly no signs signs of stopping for real estate and tokenization. And, and I really expect that yield-based opportunities like rentals and commercial real estate with strong foundation are just going to continue to thrive.
1: I, I think so, too. And, and next year... You know, I mean, sorry, next you predicted, you know, similarly to me here, that securitization and on chain origination that would benefit from blockchain, which figure, of course, proved already this year very successfully, I think. And you went on to predict that exchanges would end up specializing which I think is still a year or two out right now. Personally, you know, we've seen a lot of marketplaces claim concentrations in specific types of assets, but I personally think I have yet to see an active enough series of marketplaces that you know, individually have begun to focus on one specific asset class.
0: Yeah, I don't think the secondary market has developed or matured as quickly as maybe I anticipated it, but I bet that you will see that in in my market growth prediction as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which
1: is what you will see uh, as as you predicted three times what I thought the market cap would be. So you said $3 billion. Uh, Now, you did underestimate the volume in which I think the trade, you said it would be 2.5%. Uh, But maybe we will hit levels like this for for 2021, I think.
0: Yeah, I was definitely off by quite a bit there. I think I was just getting really excited. I I did expect more listings to occur this year across numerous exchanges, but it does seem like you're right. We can probably expect something similar this year. So however, I will say my volume to ratio wasn't too far off as we did see volumes peak right around 3% of the security token market cap. So I will take a small win there. Yeah, very, very much closer than my five. Um, and finally, you predicted
1: that we see 100 million in infrastructure acquisitions based on the wow. fact that new entrants and larger financing rounds will lead to market share roll up. And the access of specific licenses to operate, of course, specific business models. So it's impossible to say, you know, if there were 100 million M&A deals in the space, mostly because all the deals that did go down in 2020 were undisclosed, but it's extremely unlikely that they did reach that level. We did see INX and Securitize buy their own ATS licenses, and we saw several acquisitions go down, especially by Republic, which acquired several crowdfunding portals that were asset specific. So your logic was definitely still spot on.
0: Yeah, I like to think my, my thinking was correct there, but the number was most probably off by quite a bit. Um, but this logic and line of thinking probably will still continue into the future. And, and those licenses are valuable, as we've seen from INX going to going after OFN. And, and I think you're only going to see that more often. But the, the numbers are pretty difficult to pin down in such a large industry with so much potential and so early in that process.
1: Totally, Kyle. And we can actually redeem ourselves and improve our accuracy by sharing our predictions for this year. Yeah. So let's start with the hot of the mall, the total STM market capitalization of the secondary market, what's the size and what's the trading volume. Last time you were clearly a little optimistic on the overall size, uh, but pretty
0: accurate on the volume percentage. So what do you got for this year? Well, Herwig, I think that for 2021, I'm going to take a slightly more calculated approach to my market prediction over 2020 the market cap grew by five and a half times so i'm going to shoot for a similar multiple in 2021 which leaves our closing market cap at 375 here in 2020 so i'm going to predict that the market cap will be right around 2 billion to close the year 2021 and then following the same vein the trading total will be similar to the 15 percent we saw this year which would bring the total for 2021 to 300 million in trading volume two bill and 300 mil well, it,
1: uh, it seemed my conservative answer was closer the first time around. So, in fact, trading volume for the year uh, was actually pretty close as well. So I'm going to go with my earlier prediction of what you did last year by putting the market cap at $3 billion in the secondary market, which we cover via stumarket.com, by the way, listeners. And I'll also go ahead and increase it to uh, from a 5% to a solid 7.5% in the trading volume for the year. So that's roughly... in trades under the market cap prediction. So interestingly enough, I'm this time going higher on the market cap uh, potential, uh, but this time you're going higher on the volume and the trading.
0: Yeah, very, very interesting. So let's just dive right back into our next predictions. What else did you predict for 2021?
1: Yeah, you know, um, from a regulation perspective, I think we're going to see either a bill get passed or the SEC allow for one, you know, maybe for the use of blockchain-based electronic registries for tracking ownership as we've seen in some other countries. Unfortunately, I do think that uh, the transfer agent requirements won't change despite them being, you know, more redundant now as a result. And that's mostly because I think that requires way too much of an overhaul of current regulation and law. But a smaller bill or something like that to support security token and blockchain innovation for capital markets would work, I think, and you know the regulators and the legislators are open-minded about it since they are getting more
0: and more educated about blockchain and tokenization every year. Very interesting. I think that that totally makes sense, especially with some of the newest guidance that we've already seen that points into that direction. In the same vein, I really think that we're going to see some additional expansion in the accredited investor definition. With the additional access of Reg CF due to the increase in yearly cap from 1 to 5, the SEC has clearly showed some willingness to include more of the public into private deals, and I'm going to take the hot take that they continue this trend by widening access for more investors here in the US. Potentially graduate degrees or other higher education is the place they start with. I don't want to po- totally put my name on that one, but I do think that they're going to expand it in some way in the same way that they did this year for those that hold Series 7, 65, or 82. So historically,
1: the definition of a cry investor has only ever expanded due to the account for inflation uh, so when they changed it, this was historic. I personally don't think we're going to see further expansion within one year time frame, but certainly I obviously hope that this is the case. The SEC will definitely be monitoring the effects of expanding the current definition for now. You know, and another prediction I have is that we will see the market for stablecoins explode. You know, Multiple banks will launch stablecoin initiatives themselves. And the supply of stablecoins I think will probably 10x from $20 billion today to over $200 billion by the end of the year next year. And I think this is a result specifically due to the recent OCC changes we mentioned at the start of the new cycle, as well as the CBDC growth around the world and the security token industry's growth as well, being
0: also a part
1: of the solution with stablecoins.
0: I think this is a great one, too. I think the the newest comments from the OCC only bolster this prediction, but I actually think I'll take it a step further and predict that at least a few banks in the top 100 will begin using a public blockchain to facilitate some type of banking operations. This is an additional feature of that OCC's clearance, and I think maybe you'll see some sort of DeFi application or smart contract solution developed on Ethereum in 2021. So it sounds to me like you're saying a big bank will also leverage or develop a
1: DeFi solution in 2021. That is a bold prediction. Hot man. takes only, Hot baby. Hot takes, <laughs> although, you know, given the fact that Societe Generale, you know, top 100 bank has already used Ethereum for one of their own test transaction, maybe, just maybe, you know, they, they are willing to be innovative enough to go to that next level or someone else is. And how about infrastructure growth? You know, I predict that infrastructure companies, I think this year will raise an additional 300 million in fundraising over the course of the year, up from my 200 million prediction from last year, but really only three times what the actuals were of 2020, given they were 100 million, right? So I also forecast a lot more M&A activity. I'm going to say, let's say a dozen or so deals of varying nature within compliance marketplaces and licenses, as well as what I would call some rescues, at least one or two, Mergers, you know, to save distressed players who aren't doing so hot. And along those lines, I also think one of the major Wall Street players will invest in an infrastructure company like Securitize or T-Zero or Figure. You know, I'm talking about a Goldman Sachs or a NASDAQ or someone along those
0: lines. Ah, M&A. That was a big swing and miss from me last year, but I'm much more convinced that I was more premature than I was incorrect on that one. So I certainly can see that you do as well. I, I see a national exchange here in the U.S. investing in tokenization platform, honestly, because they're bridging the gap between those two verticals. So I think that's a, that's a strong one. My next prediction is that by the end of 2021, over $100 million in investment funds will be raised and deployed for direct investment into tokenized offerings. Whether it's primary offerings or through hedge funds trading the markets, I think we're going to see some funds and capital into the space in a big way in 2021.
1: Oh yeah, dedicated security token funds would be huge for the space. If we see private funds raising under the requirement that their assets are be tokenized, that would be a huge deal for the industry because it would mean managers are beginning to realize opportunities for tokenized investments beyond just traditional asset investing methods. And I also think we're gonna see, you know, marketplaces heat up, Kyle. I'll predict right now that over two hundred listings Woo! 200 listings of security tokens will appear across what I will believe 20 live secondary players. And that includes, you know, the DEXs that support security tokens like Uniswap. And to top it off, we'll see over a thousand security Woo! token offerings through the primary channels this year. So we won't be able to learn about or cover all of them on this show, but I do think that will actually be the case this
0: year. Wow, hot takes only, that's what you get on the show. I love it, I, I, I love this prediction, I, I actually, think that uh, you're you're really going for the fences there. But uh, 20 live players is, is something feasible, I think. We've got four or five now. We've certainly got close to 100 that are in development or in the works. And, and certainly with some of these decentralized applications that are, are not too difficult to iterate upon and build upon, I think that there's definitely an opportunity there for that to happen. And, and uh, the thousand number is going to be interesting to see if we can catch up to that. Um, for mine, I'm going to actually amend a prediction of mine from last year. But I feel that we are going to see dedicated security token exchanges for different products. Certainly, if we get anywhere close to the number that you've developed or, or, or hit there, um, we're, we're probably going to need to. Um, and so, you're you're you know, I think that in 2021, we're going to see multiple live security token specific industry specific decentralized exchanges or, or or exchanges altogether. We're going to see a couple decentralized exchanges specifically focused on security tokens and then potentially a few exchanges focused on specific industry verticals. So that Unis- Uniswap model has been so successful and so cost effective. I'm just sure many are going to follow suit.
1: In fact, we saw the announcement of Curio launching their own DEX just last week. So I'm sure you'll be right on this one as well. Although I think you'll be wrong again about the <laughs> verticalization the focus. Probably. Uh, I think they'll be agnostic to start. My last prediction that I'll share with you all is that we're going to see a major venture capital fund. You know, a Kleiner Perkins or an Andreessen Horowitz as well as... Not one or the other, as well as a major Series D or up startup company raise a $100 million round or higher via a security token. Now, unfortunately, neither, I think, will be available to the retail public, at least not until potential trading in 2022. Similar to your prediction, Kyle, about institutional deals in 2020.
0: That's fascinating. I would love to see that happen. I mean as we often talk about on the show pre-product startup equity is not necessarily the best use case for a security token offering and a late stage company assisting and providing proving excuse me the concept would be huge for the industry. My final Hail Mary prediction is that Coinbase will successfully IPO and will offer trading services for a security token in 2021. Not super confident in the trading piece of it, but considering Coinbase already has an ATS license and already offers custody for BCAP and Spice VC, it might not be impossible to see liquidity for these assets or potentially another one by the end of the year.
1: Definitely love that prediction. You know, seeing Coinbase trade security tokens would be major for the industry. So, you know, I'm looking forward to reviewing... All of these predictions at the end of the year, Kyle. I've got goosebumps already. It's well, that's,
0: that's quite a lot of predictions we have there, Herwig. So maybe you can give one last one for the road, a, a really radical something that just go out on a limb for it. What you got for us?
1: I mean, I did have some pretty legendary accuracy there for last year, so guess, let's give is. it a go. I predict that real estate will dominate the market by more than 50% in trading volume and retail STOs in the coming year. Those are primary issues for for regular non-accredited investors. And that leveraging real estate is gonna be the next hot mega trend that brings DeFi and security tokens together. So what I'm talking about Mm. is people will buy real estate tokens and then they will stake them or lock them up into leveraged loan contracts.
0: Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. I, I think there's a chance that that, that could happen. I mean, we're, we're just going to have to find out. And uh, you could also just keep up with us in real time. Anyone that's listening by following along every Tuesday when we release a new episode of the Security Token Show, you know you're going to get all those juicy details here. And if you have any questions about any of this, you got to reach out to us. LinkedIn, Twitter, you know where to find us. And be sure to engage with the community at
1: stomarket.com. That's where you can see security token pricing data. That's where you can submit security token news, events, STOs, and much, much more. So I want to say to you all, Happy New Year. And Thanks for listening. I hope to catch you next week.